that that it's good 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 to be alive right about now this is chapter 12 of ecclesiastes Woo! we've been in it for a while and uh, we're discovering all kinds of things from solomon's personal god inspired journal and uh, it's teaching us a lot of things about life and uh, how to navigate through that uh, we continue to talk about living well under the sun, and that is a phrase that uh, Solomon uses often, and that's the idea of our time on earth, living under the sun and living well. And as we move from the first half of our series to the second half around Easter time, uh, we understood that we need to live well under the sun with the risen sun. And if you have questions about that, as has already been mentioned, all those messages, all those message guides with the blanks filled in are available online so you can catch up and check out those things. We'll be referring to things through today's message that you'll have more information if you go back and check those things out. So also, um, if you're curious, again, it's been mentioned about what it means to know God personally. Uh, there's a little... Uh, information page on our website. If you go to our website, you'll see this little circle there, uh, Knowing God. And if you click on this, you'll find that uh, there's 20 sheets there. And you click down that, you can scroll through that. We also have this available in paper form. It's in some of those uh, little black boxes that were mentioned around, and uh, you can look at that. Also, if you want to even take it a step farther, you can look at uh, a book there that's about uh, 90 uh, pay or 70 pages. And again, here's the places that you can find that. And it's called, uh, Since uh, Nobody's Perfect, How Good is Good Enough? And it just walks you through what Christ has done for us, how we don't earn our own way into heaven or in relationship with God, that Christ provides that for us. And it just slowly talks you through that. It's an easy read. You probably can read it in an hour and a half. So don't be freaked out. But those booklets are also available. So uh, please take a, a chance to, to look at those. So... As we, as we continue on, uh, again, today we're, we're looking at some things that uh, relate to uh, the chapter as we wrap things up. And uh, one of the things that Solomon's going to talk a lot about is this idea of, um, of growing old and how to do that gracefully. And uh, when I was thinking about that, you know, we don't want to make too much fun. We're all kind of getting there, some of us more than others. But it made me think about how sometimes technology really is a challenge for those of us as we start to grow a little bit older. The new Amazon Echo has everyone asking Alexa for help. Alexa, what time is it? wrong with this blasted thing? Amanda! But the latest technology isn't always easy to use for people of a certain age. These kids done bought me a busted machine again. Odessa! 
Amazon. That's why Amazon partnered with AARP to present the new Amazon Echo Silver, the only smart speaker device designed specifically to be used by the greatest generation. It's super loud and responds to any name even remotely close to Alexa, so they can find out the latest in sports. Clarissa, how many did old Satchel strike out last night? Satchel Page died in 1982. How many he get? Satchel Page is dead. He what now? Died. Who did? Satchel Page. Oh. I don't know about that. Even local news and pop culture. Manita, what them boys up to across the street? They are just playing. They what now? They are just playing. You say they just playing now? Yes, they are just playing. I don't know about that. Here it to smart devices like your thermostat. Alessandra, turn that heat up. The room is already 100 degrees. Are you trying to kill me, Alizé? It also has a quick scan feature to help them find things. Emilia, where did I put the phone? The phone is in your right hand. And it has an uh-huh feature for long rambling stories. So then I gave him $5, and he said I only gave him $1. Uh-huh. I said, I know I gave you a five. Uh-huh. Because I only had a five and a one only. Uh-huh. And this is the $1 right here. Uh-huh. So, I mean, you tell me who's crazy. Amazon Echo Silver. Get yours today. I said get yours today. To order Amazon Echo Silver, send a check or money order to Amazon.com right now. Well, that was funny and also very sad. So there's a fine line here. We've all been there, even some of us younger folks. Where is my glasses? And they're on my, uh, on my face or whatever. So we all can get to that. But this, this is what Solomon is going to be talking about as he winds up his personal journal. And uh, we read this in verse 1 out of the voice translation, and we read this. And so we come to the end of this musing over life. My advice to you is to remember, remember your creator, God, while you are young, before life gets hard, and the injustice of old age comes upon you, before the years arrive when pleasure feels, or pleasure feels far out of reach. And all of us roll through this. We start to, start to find these things out. As time goes on, I, uh, it's, just, it's, just, it's just the way of life. But how we navigate that, you've got to remember Solomon is in his senior years when he writes Ecclesiastes, different than when he wrote Proverbs in his middle-age years, and different from Song of Solomon in, in his younger years. So he's putting all these together, and you remember that Solomon had everything uh, he could possibly have at his fingertips at any level of finances, relationships, uh, you know, expertise, wisdom, on and on and on. But when he comes to his end of his age, he's writing this to us, and he's, and he's writing it to all of us, but he's also hoping that those that are younger will actually grab hold of this. And, you know, we live in a day and age where holding on to youth is something that I think I, I read we spend $178 billion. Um, the, Academ um, the American Academic Association for Aging, that, that's how much money we're spending on this whole idea. There's actually people that uh, spend thousands of dollars a month on all kinds of things trying to hold on. And Solomon looks at that and says, boy, you, you guys are crazy because, yeah, you, you need to take care of yourself. 
Some of us need to listen up to that right away, but you need to take care of yourselves, but you can't stop the process. So learn how to age and grow older with dignity and how to leverage that and use that well. And so he's trying to get us to to think about those things. And this is really a subject for all of us, no matter where where you are with your whole idea of faith. Uh, whether you're just starting out, uh, whether you're very convinced, whether you're unconvinced, how you use your time and leverage it well pays dividends into the future. No matter how old you are, starting today uh, can make a difference. So uh, this is important for all of us. So uh, I think you're probably very glad you came today to hear such a great subject. Um, In 1961, a microbiologist uh, discovered something called the Hayflick limit. And basically what he discovered is that the human cell will only divide so many times. And so even back then, he realized that the minute we're born, uh, our cells and the way they divide and the speed they divide begins to slow down until it doesn't happen anymore. And that's that whole process, and there's, there's nothing that a person uh, can, can do about it. I remember uh, at 19 being in college, and uh, this, we had a new student on our floor. I'd already been a freshman there, and this was my sophomore year. And uh, this guy, Jack, was coming on board, and uh, uh, we used to call him the fossil geritol man and all these old age things because he was so old because Jack had already done six years in the Air Force and now was going to school, and he had to live in the dorm. And, and Jack was just so ancient to us 19-year-olds because he was 25 years old, and it just was like, how we, we would, it, literally, we were in awe what's it like being 25? And so again, all of this is very relative. Poor old Jack. Oh boy. Now he's, you know, anyway, but so, you know, so just again, so we just have to understand this. So again, Solomon tells us these things and tells us to watch out that it's uh, far out of reach. So what's a person to do? Uh, The first thing a person needs to do is remember not after. Remember now. Remember your creator now, not later. A lot of us put these kinds of things off. We remember later. You know, and I want to be a person of hope. It's never too late to change your life. But I also want to be a realistic person. That there are some things you can't go back and do over. So now, this moment is key. Today. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. How you spend your afternoon. How you spend your evening. You can't get an instant replay. Uh, You can lose some money. You can lose your positions. You can even have a little relational tension. And you can recover from those things. But you can't get your time back. So today, this moment is of utmost importance. So remember, not after. Ecclesiastes paraphrased by Eugene Peterson, the first uh, part of, second part of verse 1 and 2 says this, before the years take their toll, toll and vigor wanes, before your vision dims and the world blurs, and the winter years keep you close to the fire. See, remember now, not after. 
I shared with you a few weeks ago, I can remember the first time I realized my eyes weren't what they used to be when I was trying to make coffee in the morning. And there was light, a little light coming in from outside, but not enough for me to see that little line on the water thing in the coffee maker. And I was like, what's going on here? I can't see it. And I had to turn on a couple extra lights, and then I could see it. And then I realized it was because my eyes were not what they used to be. You see, this is remember now, uh, not after. And then a part of that is to remember your creator before your discouragement. You know, getting old can be tough. Growing old can be hard. And there are certain things that we can give our energy to fall in. And then as time goes on, we still want to be all in, but our energy level isn't at the same place. And uh, so before that discouragement comes in, uh, remember now, not after. Shared last week uh, on Facebook, I've liked the 4,000 footer club uh, on Facebook. And those are people that are climbing the 4,000 footers in the White Mountains. And I like looking at them and I recognize some of the places. And I'm not sure I'd be climbing all those mountains the way I did 20 years ago. I'm happy I did that. I'm happy I recognize those places. Uh, If I didn't, I would be looking totally with longing. I wish I could do that. I, I, I couldn't do it at that level and that intensity. So before that discouragement in, use your time, use my time um, wisely. Have anticipation uh, because, you know, we need to remember before that discouragement in, before we go, wow, I, I have all these regrets. Let's create or limit those kinds of regrets. So if you turn over to Ecclesiastes 12, if you haven't already done that, uh, Chapter 12, verse 1, that's page 467 in that rack Bible you'll find around you. The verses will also be on the screen. If you don't have your own Bible, we would tell you, please take that paper uh, back as a gift from the church. And uh, also very uh, encouraged by version, the Bible app. It's free. You can put it on anything. So if you're new to the Bible, that's a great thing. Also, if you go on to version, they have all kinds of reading plans. So if you want to do a reading plan for four or five days on a specific subject, you can just log in there, figure that out, and get going. Because we're going to say again, the wisdom of Scripture, the wisdom of God needs to be in our hearts. So we need to be in that on a, on a regular basis. So uh, please look at that. Okay, so uh, verses 1 and 2. Remember the Creator in the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come and the years approach, when you will say, I find no pleasure in them, before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars grow dark and the clouds return after the rain. Yeehaw! Verse 2 is basically saying you have these storms in your life, They let up, and the minute they let up, there's another storm. And some of us, as we get older, we find that with our uh, physical state of being. We, we, We get through something, we're starting to feel better, and all of a sudden, the clouds are forming again. See, remember before you get discouraged. Remember before that process starts to define your, your, your rhythm of life. I know when I talk with my parents, they, they joke and they cry a little bit with that they probably spend two or three times a week going to physical therapy or the doctors or something like this. It just kind of just keeps going. And some of you are, are living that. 
And, and that's just, that's a part of life. Isn't it thankful that they have health care and those kinds of things? And some people don't. But the whole idea is that, that, that's, that that's the way it is. And so Solomon's saying, before that becomes your total rhythm and it captivates almost all of your life, be careful. Be aware of that. Be aware that there will be days where the pleasure of life is less and less and the rain returns. Also, remember your creation, creator, before your deterioration. <laughs> nice. This is just, aren't you happy to be here this morning? A good, feel-good message from Seneca Community. Verses 3 and 4. When the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men stoop. That is imagery for your legs and your arms. The keepers of the house, your legs, when they start to tremble, when your arms aren't as strong, that's going to happen. When the grinders cease, that's our teeth, become, they become, because they are few. I tell you, this week Cindy made something with uh, raspberry in it. With the seeds, I got a seed caught between my teeth. I thought I was going to die. I'm like, what is wrong with me? I'm like, the dental flossing, breaking the dental floss and all this stuff. Not loose, too tight. I'm like, this is crazy. Don't remember that happening before. Looking through the windows, growing dim, the eyes. And the doors to the street are closed. Less active, less opportunities. Can't go climb lots of mountains the way we used to. And the sound of grinding fades. I hear our ears, our hearing. When people rise up at the sound of the birds, some, for some of us, the older we get, the harder it is to sleep. One little noise and we're up. And we're not going back to sleep. And then all the sounds, songs grow faint again, that hearing thing. Remember your creator before your deterioration. You might say, I'm already there. <laughs> it could always get worse. I'm sorry. <laughs> so before you deteriorate even more, remember your creator. It's going to happen. That's the brokenness of our world. When people are afraid of heights and dangers in the street... I don't know about you, but there are times where some things didn't bother me at all. Now they bother me a little bit more. Uh, times where you used to like driving in the city, and now you never want to drive in the city. We have a relative, an aunt, that uh, never wants to drive on the throughway. So when she comes to visit us, she uses all side roads. I mean, it takes her like days to get here. Because <laughs> she just doesn't like the highway. She doesn't want to go... 55, 65, 75 miles an hour, whatever. And uh, we, we, we laugh a little bit, but, the, but some of us understand that. A little tension, a little complexity, and it just kind of unnerves us. When we were younger, we had a confidence that uh, uh, might have been a little overconfident, but we had a confidence that seemed uh, not to be shaken. When the almond tree blossoms, when they blossom, they're all white, referring to gray hair. And this is really sad. And the grasshopper drags itself along. 
You know, grasshoppers are known for having lots of energy, right? They're bouncing. Well, this is just, I, I wish I could have one. This kind of like, just drag, no hop. It's gone. And then desire no longer stirred. Talks about relations, talks about sexual desire, all those kinds of things. Viagra doesn't work anymore. (laughs) Then people go their eternal home and mourners go about the street. Solomon's saying, yes, people show up for your celebration of life. But then they have to get right back into life. You wouldn't want them mourning forever. But they do. They get back into life. And that's what happens. So before you deteriorate, remember your creator. Now, today, is of the essence, no matter where or who you are. John Quincy Anderson writes John, about himself, John Quincy Adams, sixth president. John Quincy Adams as well, but the house in which he lives at presence is becoming dilapidated. It is tottering on its foundations. Time and the seasons have nearly destroyed it. This is when he was 80, he wrote this. Its roof is pretty well worn out. Its walls are much shattered, and it trembles with every wind. Uh, I think John Quincy, talking about himself, will have to move out of it soon, but he himself is quite well, quite well. And that's the place you and I want to be when we remember our creator in our youth, in the day of today. In 2 Corinthians we read, we know that when these bodies of ours are taken down like tents and folded away, they will be replaced by a resurrection body in heaven. God made Sometimes we can hardly wait to move out so we, can, so we cry out in frustration. Compared to what's coming, living conditions around here seem like a stopover and an unfinished shack, and we're tired of it. We've been given a glimpse of the real thing, our true home. And some of us get that. Some of us kind of get it, but some of us really get that. But... If we remember our creator in the moment, especially when we're young, then we can say it is well with our soul and we can grow older with dignity and strength, an inner strength. I told you this before, but one time I was visiting a friend and he was probably in his early 90s and he'd been a mover and shaker for GE worked in their technology department, very smart man. I went over to visit him, and yes, their, their condo was like 120 degrees, and I'm in there, and they're hanging out and spending some time with him and getting ready to go after a little prayer, and I'm at the door, and then he all of a sudden says to me, wait a minute, I need to give you some offering to take to church, because they weren't able to get out. And um, so he moved to his desk to write that check. And I'm, I'm not kidding. It took him at least 10 minutes to get over there, write the check, and get back to me. And I'm thinking, man, here is a man with dignity still. He has a heart for God. And at the same time, I can't imagine how frustrating it is for him. Because th- this is where he's at now. 
But Ed and his wife Bernice, they were a couple that definitely had remembered their creator in their youth. So there was an inner reserve and inner strength that even though it was time to fold down the tent, even though they longed for their true home, they still were able to navigate and grow older. And they both, I, I want to say, uh, lived for another five or ten years. But they lived with a strength and an inner resolve that wasn't physical and However our life unfolds, we can have the same thing. Remember your creator before you die, before your death. Your relationship with God hangs in the balance. Have you said yes to Christ? You've heard us talk about that a couple times. Do you want this relationship with Christ to start now and go right on in through the next chapter of life, through eternity, or not? God doesn't force himself on anyone. He lets us know about him. He gives us the choice, but he doesn't push himself on us. The ball is in your court. It's in my court. And so we want to remember our creator before we're gone, before this tent is taken down and put away. Remember him before the silver cord is severed and the golden bowl is broken. The silver coal cord on wealthy homes, they would have these nice lamps back in Solomon's day and they would be tied up with a silver cord and eventually that silver cord would break and obviously the lamp would smash to the ground and the bowl would be broken. Before the pitcher is shattered and the wheel broken at the well, and the dust returns to the ground it came from, and the Spirit returns to God who gave it. Remember now. Remember before. And let that remembrance impact your now, the way you live, the way I live. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Everything is meaningless. We've heard the word vanity. We've heard the word vapor. We've heard the idea of just a fog cloud, the idea that we see something. It looks like it has substance, but when we put the weight of our life on it, it does not support our life. That's what Solomon, the teacher, is telling us. So remember your creator. Remember him well. The reality is you have no idea where your life will take you tomorrow. You are like a mist that appears one moment and then vanishes another. And for those of us who have lived a little while, we can think about when our kids were young. We can think about when we graduated from school or had that first job. And we know how fast time travels. How fast it goes. So enjoy it. Embrace it. Because you don't know what tomorrow holds. You don't know what this afternoon holds. You just don't know. So you don't live in fear. But you live in anticipation. And you smell every fragrance you can. You take time. I think two weeks ago we were riding down a little bike path. Cindy and I were along the... Uh, along the canal, and uh, someone coming our way says, hey, stop, you see the eagle over there on a tree. And it was kind of, I don't know why it was this way, but the tree had no leaves on it, and so the eagle was really right there. 
and, and usually I would go, okay, thanks. And <laughs> who cares about an eagle on a tree? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's an eagle. I mean, I've seen an eagle. But I actually stopped. We're sitting and I stopped and we looked at it. And I said, you know, I, I just need to stop and enjoy this moment. Usually I, I'm too about the destination, not the journey. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of us live that way. And there's a lot of these moments where there's an eagle in the tree. And we're just vroom, motoring along. Because life goes by fast. Also absorb scripture, absorb wisdom, absorb the words of Solomon for transformation, not information. I want to tell you, those of us who have been in church world for a long time have missed this. I didn't say information isn't good, but if it's information for information's sake, it's wasted. It's about transformation. We want to change from the inside out. And if you just know a bunch of Bible verses, if you know a lot of theology, but it's not transforming your heart, my heart, it's a waste. Actually, that's a, that's a sign of, show, of showing contempt for what you've heard. You're showing contempt. God's speaking into your life. You're getting information about him, and you're not allowing it to transform your life. That's contempt. I have to really watch out for that more than probably most of you because I have so much biblical Jesus information, theology information heading at me all the time. I've got to make sure it's transforming me from the inside out. And then a lot of times when we have the information without the transformation, we become arrogant. And one of the reasons our communities don't like churches, they like Jesus, they don't like churches, is because they've seen a group of people that have information that are arrogant. So, and then they don't want that. So now we have a society that has no idea about spiritual things because they've seen information without transformation they've said it's not really worth learning that um, Jay Leno had to, used to do this thing called uh, uh, Jay, um, jaywalking and uh, just watch as he, he talks to a few folks what were Jesus's parents names uh, Mary and Joseph very good yes, very good, that very good. and approximately how many years ago did he live oh gosh 250 million years ago. Okay, how many wise men were there? Um, 12. Right, what did they bring Jesus' as gifts? They brought him some wine. Who found the burning bush? Uh, Nixon? Uh, Nixon? What happened in the fight between David and Goliath? The story. They got in a fight with rocks. Who won? Goliath. Who was swallowed by the whale? Okay, now I'm on the spot. Um, Joe. DiMaggio. Cain and Abel. Who were they? Uh, sitcom. The Old Testament was originally written in what language? Um, isn't it Old English? 
Old English. How many apostles were there? Um, 40. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus sat with his apostles to eat and drink. The check was enormous. <laughs> we laugh, but some of that's our fault. Because we've shown that the Bible, the scriptures, can be irrelevant for life. So why spend any time knowing that stuff? So we kind of chuckle about that, kind of say, why don't they know? That's on us. That's on us. We have not made faith irresistible. We've made it very um, resistible. The way we treat each other, the way we act, it's, 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 it's very, very sad. Again, Solomon writes, Not only was the teacher wise, but he also imparted knowledge to the people. He pondered and searched out and set in order many proverbs. The teacher searched to find just the right words, and what he wrote was upright and true. The words of the wise are like goads, goading, uh, like little, you know, kind of a thing, uh, pushing you. And, and most of us don't really like that. Most of us don't like to see where we need to be pushed in a certain direction. Uh, again, God's not going to force himself on us, but he's definitely going to give us a little touch on our heart. We have to be willing to accept that. They collected the sayings like a firmly embedded nails on the heart of your life, in your life, giving by one shepherd. Be warned, my son, of anything in addition to them. Of making many books, there is no end. And much study wearies the body. And it's interesting, you know, I, we can get so caught up with everything else, all the fads, all this and all that, the desire to stay young. So we're looking at all this stuff. But the reality is it may affect some of the quality of life, but there's nothing out there that's going to keep you alive forever. Yet there is something out there that's going to affect your forever. A little different. Um, and, you know, at least in my life, when I, when I want to do something, I can, I can find some survey, something out there that uh, confirms the direction that I want to go. Because I, I don't want to be prodded along. So I'm thinking about something. I go, oh, oh, here's a study that I like. I'll accept this study, not accept that study. And it reminds me of this uh, recent study that uh, I thought was pretty good, at least the second part of it. I'm just going to scoot along here. Here we go. <laughs> oh, not that one. Hmm. Let me get here. There we go. A lot of you at home and us as well love our coffee and medical researchers, as you know, love to study. Two new studies to tell you about. One from Australia suggests a couple of cups probably won't hurt, but six or more a day could increase your risk of heart disease by 22%. So a second study from England finds drinking up to 25 cups a day. 25 cups a day? Is safe for your arteries. This British research contradicts previous studies showing that coffee might not be as hard on the heart and circulatory system as previously That's thought. That's a lot of coffee. See, you can find studies out there that say anything you want. 
And so that's why we need to hunker down into what God desires. Also, um, moving along, we're going to go to the next uh, point here. Chapter is over, but the story is just beginning. Chapter is over, but the story is just beginning. This is what Solomon says. Now all have been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including everything hidden, whether good or evil. Now when we read that at first, at least it makes me shake a little bit in my boots because I'm thinking, wow, someday my chapter of life is going to be over. Sometimes life is going to be over, and then I'm going to have to answer for my life. And that, that's absolutely true. I don't want to undersell that. I, I, don't want to, I don't want you to walk away thinking that your behavior in life, your actions in life earn you a place in heaven. Christ gave his life so we didn't have to earn our way because we can't be good enough. Uh, we do need, to, do need to understand that we are answerable, responsible for the way we live, the way we interact with God, the way he leads us and responds to him. But the other thing I really want you to see here is the chapter is over, but the story is just beginning. When you and I have said yes to Christ, we can grow old with dignity. We can grow old and... It's hard, and we can realize that someday this chapter under the sun is going to end, but it's not the end of the story. It's just the beginning. One little chapter, and then the rest of the story. I don't know about you, but uh, sometimes I get caught up with a, with a Netflix uh, series, you know, I'm watching on Netflix, and it's like three seasons, four seasons, two seasons, seven seasons, and you kind of do a little binge watching, but every once in a while I come across a show that you really like, and there's one season, and then there's a second season, and then there's no three season, third season, and you're left like, what happens? You could tell there's this cliffhanger, and, and, and you're just, you're left with like, I wonder what happened to those folks, a few years ago, there was this series, and it just, it, I still wonder about it. it. It keeps me up at night. You're sure about this? I've never been more sure of anything in my life.
happens to Eli? He's on that bridge. Everybody's sleeping in these stasis chambers. Eli, does he fix the ship? Is he still out there flying? I just don't know. It drives me nuts. Netflix, you terrible people. I'm like, I'm ready to see what happens next. It's a cliffhanger where there's never an answer. But that's not the truth for life. Um, Stargate Universe. Another one of those wild, weird shows. I know you're like, oh, now we're really skeptical about Dave. What's he watching? But, uh, but, but you know, you're, you're like into this show and it's just over. And you're left hanging there. There's no more Stargate Universe. It's just done. But that's not the case with your life and mine. Chapter one, over. But it just opens up to the next chapter. Listen to what Peter writes. Now we hope for the blessings God has for his children. Those who have said yes to Christ. Those who have, in a sense, been adopted into his family because of what Christ has done for us. These blessings, which cannot be destroyed or spoiled or lose their beauty, are kept in heaven for you. The cliffhanger. We don't know all the details, but we know there's another chapter. So as we end Ecclesiastes... And we end with this idea, oh, I'm going to be judged. Yes, you're going to be responsible for your life. Yes. But the blessings to come are going to so overshadow growing old. But as we do that, we want to continue to remember our creator. Paul writes it this way when he says, when the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, our bodies, and the mortal with the immortality. When the saying that is written will come true, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your sting? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor, and I might say your life in the Lord is not in vain. Our bottom line is this. Death did not trap Jesus. He trapped death so you don't have to be. Death did not trap Jesus. He didn't get stuck with death. He trapped it himself. So you and I, when we say yes to Jesus and enter into relationship with him, don't have to be trapped by the idea of death and don't have to be trapped by the idea that these bodies are growing old. So so Solomon ends at first, it seems like, very depressing But he ends with a positive look that someday, regardless of how good or not good your life has been, Christ takes care of that. Our sins, our disobedience, our self-centeredness doesn't get what it deserves when we've embraced Christ's forgiveness for us through God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the gift of Solomon's journal.
And God inspired, you inspired it for us to have. We ask that we would step away from it, not with just information, but you would plant some seeds that would flower and grow into our lives that would transform us. Father, I ask if there's anyone here who's still wrestling what it means to say yes to you, what it means to follow you, that they they wouldn't leave this place with that question unanswered. They would talk with someone, follow up with that. They would grab one of those pamphlets or that little book and think about it more. And for those of us who have said yes to you, maybe it was recently, maybe it was years ago, I ask that we would not forget our creator, but we would remember our creator in this moment today. And it would affect the way we live We ask all of this in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen.